The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your final check-in for this week's PGA Championship Weather Report, Storylines, and a man on the scene. It's Doug Bell. Doug, welcome. Where Looks like you're in the media center. Is that correct? <clears throat> that is, uh, Rick and Kyle. Good to be with you guys. We were outside. We had this gorgeous ocean view for the podcast, right? And then the shower came through, and Mario, who's producing and shooting for me, he said, do we have to stand in the rain? And I said, no, let's go inside. <laughs> so we're in the media center just for a few moments. And the, the weather is clearing up. And we're expecting great weather the rest of the week, but very windy conditions, as you might expect. As we certainly do expect, Kyle Porter rounds out our group for today. And KP, I thought you would appreciate this. Our, our guy, Jordo, uh, <laughs> not a great look out there uh, with the Under Armour gear on Wednesday morning. So I said, uh, in solidarity, solidarity of him not only winning this event, but his ugly practice rounds outfit, I found the ugliest uh, Under Armour stuff that I have, and I wore it just for you. <laughs> Well, it's it's not good. <laughs> Ryan Ballinger on Twitter said it best. He looks like a treasure map. Like he like there's a big X on his back. Uh, it, it's it's horrible. I might have to change my pick. I, I mean, that's how bad it is. I might have to not pick him anymore. He, uh, is he going to wear that in the tournament? I certainly hope not. Uh, oh. Imagine 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 Sunday evening. He's hoisting he's hoisting the trophy with that abomination on him. It would be terrible. <laughs> Yes. I've got some stuff to give away, though. So let's do this. Uh, A year subscription to Sportsline. All the picks, all the everything, all the analysis they've got going on over there. Just follow us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Pods. Leave your Twitter handle so that we can get in touch with you. And make sure you follow us at First Cut Pod. But really what we're here for is you, Doug. You are live on the scene. Mark Immelman, of course, also there. He was was, uh, making us shake in our boots yesterday he was telling us how difficult the ocean course is going to play i I mean i I just want to get your thoughts a second opinion on the way that this course is setting up for these players this week well it is going to be difficult there's no question uh the emphasis is on the length which is more than 7800 yards but but again uh, i think that's taken a little out of context because about half the holes will play downwind down breeze and when you have 15 to 20 miles per hour behind you uh that's that's significant so it certainly shortens the golf course uh on those holes but uh, holes 14 through 18 uh the prevailing wind right now those will be into the teeth of the wind and i know yesterday tony finau one of the longer hitters out here uh two of those holes are par threes and one of the par threes he hit a driving iron which is his three iron that he hit like 255 and he said he's never done that in a par three before and then number 17 he was hitting a four iron uh, and that's significant because most of these guys 
when you talk about uh, DeChambeau and Rom and DJ and Justin Thomas, et cetera, uh, they're going into these holes with nine irons and wedges, even at major championship venues. But here, those last five holes, they're coming in with five iron, four iron. Uh, you know, when you're going into a 25, 30 mile per hour gust, it's significant. So it's going to be difficult, guys, as you know, um, but it is different than when they played here the last time in August. It's not hot. Um, you do have some spotty lies around the greens. Uh, they're going to miss greens. So in that regard, it'll be tricky for the players. But listen, these guys are so good. Uh, there's going to be some guys two, three under par uh, tomorrow and the next day. And I think that'll be I think that'll be the standard for these players as they roll through Kiowa. You know, KP, it's it's funny when we hear guys like like Tony Finau, Bryson DeChambeau, they're hitting four iron, five iron. What does that leave for Brian Gay? What does that leave for the other guy? Like, you know what I mean? Like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, your your boy Brian Harmon might might uh, yeah. <laughs> might labor through this weekend. I, you know, I, I don't know. I've got a bunch of notes written down here. I, I think that – I think here's what's going to be interesting, and I, I didn't really – think about this during our podcast on Tuesday, but I heard um, Andy Johnson and Brennan Porath talking about it on the shotgun start on Wednesday morning. And they were talking about like, so, so they're going to move the tees around, right? It's not just like all these guys and, and Doug's been out there. All these guys are playing all the holes from the tips for the most part. I mean, I'm sure there are guys that are hitting up or whatever, right. but it's not going to put the bat nine is not going to play 4,000 yards on, on Thursday or Friday or Saturday. So I think that they're going to do like when we talk about, Hey, is it's even going to win is something over par going to win. I just, I, I don't, I don't think the PGA wants that. And I think they're going to set up the, I think the PGA, like here's my take on the PGA championship. I think it's <clears throat> fair like I, I don't know, I don't even really know what fair means in a golf tournament. But if there's a fairest major championship, they they just do such a great job of setting it up and just letting guys go get it. And Adam Scott was talking about this on Thursday or on uh, Tuesday. He said it's not like tricked up or like weird or tricked out or anything like that. It's just kind of right in front of you. It's just hard. And I, I just I, – I refuse to believe that, that Kerry Haig and the PGA of America is going to set it up to where guys are shooting 79s. If it's blowing 30, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like that that can happen. But I, I just – I think they're going to set it up in a way that's there where you can shoot scores like Doug said. And I, I, I don't – I don't know. I, th- I don't think the wind is going to be as big of a deal when it's set up differently than it is in the practice right. rounds. So I, I do agree with that. And Doug, uh, for the most part, I don't think we're looking for carnage out there. The PGA of America is looking for carnage. But the one right. thing that they really can't control is if the wind kicks, you've got, what, 12 raised fairways that are going to be exposed. There's no it doesn't matter what the setup is if that happens. Well, Rick, let me tell you this. The fairways here are wide. I mean, in some cases, 35, 40 yards wide. So that's significant. And on an ocean course, you have to have that because of the wind that you're talking about. But the other thing is the rough really is not that penal here. It's the time of year. And so if you do miss the fairways, and again, a guy like the Shambo, it's not necessarily important for him to hit every fairway. He's not going to, but just miss it in the right spots. I mean, if you're, listen, if you're 25, 30 yards wide either way, you're going to be in these natural areas and Lord knows what you're going to be hitting out of, right? But if you miss the fairway 10, 15 yards, you're still going to be okay. So, um, yeah, I just, again, I agree totally with Kyle. Uh, and you, uh, I just don't see carnage. This isn't 
a U.S. Open over par type setup. I, I think the winning score by the end of the tournament, I think it'll be somewhere in the 10 to 12 under par range. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about the beefy one. Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> enters, enters, enters this week. KP probably not in the form that he would like. I, I can certainly take some positives from the Wells Fargo championship where he lost, you know, seven strokes on approach and still finished 10th. I could take, uh, you know, some takeaways from, from some of these weeks, but I think there's a lot more questions about the state of Bryson's game leading into this major championship than maybe other the last few major championships that that we've been a part of. Yeah, I, ha- I have very mixed feelings about him this week. I, I There's a bunch of different things going on because we talk about having these really long clubs into holes. Well, he's going to have the shortest, like he, of all the 156 guys, he's going to be hitting the shortest <laughs> clubs in, into these holes, right? And and that's that's just a built-in advantage. Um, the other thing is he, his, and we talked about this on Tuesday, his distance from the edge of the fairway. So that, that measures how wild he gets when he hits it offline. He's like 200, 200 or like 196th <laughs> on the tour in distance from the edge of the fairway. So when Doug talks about the natural areas, he's, he's going to probably find some of those. So it's not a wing foot situation <laughs> or even, even a TPC Harding park situation where you just kind of like bomb it out there and there's not there's not these like uh penalty there's going to be a lot of penalty areas here that are that are uh, prohibiting him from like he can bring an eight into play pretty easily bring a nine into play and we've seen him do that right at Muirfield Village at Augusta where he just brings these huge numbers into play and that's my concern for him is does he bring an eight nine or ten into play and then all of a sudden you've just taken yourself out of the tournament on a Thursday or a Friday well Doug the the wings foot situation that Kyle is referring to for those who don't remember is that the rough was incredibly long incredibly thick and the fairways were too narrow so everybody was playing out of the rough and when you're Bryson DeChambeau and you bomb it further than everybody and you've got the club head speed to extract the ball from the rough you are at a significant advantage now Doug we just heard you say the rough at Kiowa Island not as penal this week those native areas seem like it's going to be almost random what kind of lie do you get Uh, I think Mark was telling us that there's an option to rake them you you never know what you're getting into over there so how do you see this playing out for DeChambeau over the course of the week Well, let me tell you this, guys. Yesterday, um, I was out watching him hit on the range, and you might have seen it on the golf channel when he's just doing this impressive long drive competition, right? And, and I harken back. Remember when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were doing their home run chase? Yeah. And, and everybody like, piled into the stadium to watch watch batting practice, right? I mean, that I want to go watch batting practice with Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, it's so much fun. Um, and it is it, – I mean, it is, it is utterly amazing that, the, that what he creates this club, and he does it. I mean, he must have hit 75 to 90 drives while I was watching, just one after another. I mean, it's, it is remarkable. But, Rick, I, I look at your numbers, and I, I read Kyle's stuff. I mean, if you look at his stroke gain numbers on tee to green, Bryson DeChambeau is right near the top. I mean, his statistics yeah. are astounding. We talk about this long, long drive competition that he has, and it, it's worth the price of admission. I love it. But I look at his overall statistical game, and it all adds up to what could be a win here this week. I really think I think his distance gives him a distinct advantage as long as he keeps it within the confines. I'm not talking about the fairway, just the confines, 10, 15 yards either way. Uh, again, if you go into the natural areas, we're talking about you know triple bogey or more. 
coming into the picture. But if he can keep it in the confines, I think this adds up. Could be a really, really good week for him. Um, do you, real quick, do you get concerned about um, – so I, I love what, what Doug said there about it, it, it can run out more than – like the U.S. Open, the rough is so high that it's, it's, it's weird in that it like kind of keeps it in play, especially mm-hmm. even at a place like Torrey. I think it's going to keep it kind of in play, and that – like it, <laughs> It's hard to get into trouble in terms of run out. And here, I feel like it's almost harder for him to kind of keep things like, like the bumpers are not up in the right. bowling lane, right? And he, it, like you can throw a gutter ball pretty easily at a place like this. Do you agree with that? Uh, I do. And I think it is why there is, at least from me, some concern about Bryson DeChambeau. And Doug, Doug was even mentioning with, it, with his strokes gain numbers, which I think is a really good illustration of this. He is capable of gaining five strokes on approach in a week, losing five strokes on approach. Uh, he's capable of getting wild. And I think that's that's by design, KP, right? Like this volatility that Bryson has is, is by design. It is not for him to finish 12th at every event that he plays. It is for him to either win the golf tournament or miss the cut, go home early. Like there, that this is by design. And I think the volatility, the run out, the things, the big numbers, he makes more big numbers than any of the, the top players in the world, it feels <laughs> like. I, I mean, I think this is all by design. Yeah. And I think you you can often tell early on how it's going to go. Right. You know, I mean, think about what was it? Augusta in I think it was in November where he makes the the eight or nine early on the 10 at Muirfield Village or whatever he made there. So I, I, I'm he's I mean, obviously, we're always watching him, but I think early in the event, he he's he's going to be really fascinating to see not only his strategy, but just how it goes early on for him and whether he's uh, whether he's locked in. Yeah, we'll put a bow on it like this because I I think the adjustments thing is is important with Bryson DeChambeau. I think Doug he is. I think from round to round, he is one of the best guys at adjustments. He knows exactly what things feel like. He's going to go to the range. He's going to work on it. He's not afraid to be the last guy at the range with the lights on, all that stuff. I wonder more about the in-round adjustments. I think that Kyle's right. When things start to go one direction, whether good or bad, in the middle of a round, that's the way it's going. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of flipping that until he gets to the range, gets his launch monitor, and gets everything figured out. I like his chances, though, guys. I really, really do. Um, yeah. He hasn't played particularly well at the Masters. And and leading up to this event, I mean, he's had his ups and downs, as you've, you've described. But I just think – I think those holes that are downwind are going to be just – I mean, he's going to have these short little irons. Well, they're all the same length, right? But he's going to have short distances into these greens. And then I think when those last five holes we talked about back into the wind, I think he has a distinct advantage. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. And again, nobody talks about that wonderful short game that he has. And it really is. Yeah. His putting is really, really good, especially when you compare him to other the top, other top players. For sure. And, and speaking of another top player that we didn't get to talk about on Tuesday, John Rahm, the number three player in the world. We didn't spend an ounce <laughs> of oxygen on on Tuesday, KP. And I think this is a, a really interesting situation for John Rahm. He makes the equipment switch at the beginning of the new year and he's played great. He's been piling up top tens, but no victories. And we kind of live in this world where we grade these top players on victories. And while he's had some struggles with the metrics, the one thing 
thing that seems to be just a little bit off since switching to Callaway is the putter. And that's something we've seen him, uh, you know, conjure magic with in the past. Are we are we concerned? Is this natural? Should we just say he's playing great? He's piling up top tens. Don't worry about it. Well, I, I'm more concerned about his approach play has kind of fallen off over, uh, over the last month. Like if you look at his strokes gain numbers on approach play and that's that's his bread and butter is is um <clears throat> obviously off the tee he's long but also his iron game is i don't know top seven in the world he's a great iron player and he hasn't been for a month now i think the thing about rom that is terrifying for the rest of the field is that he has every single shot and i think that it if it's windy and you're playing a place like Kiowa, like you have to have, you don't have to have, it's very beneficial to have different types of shots and not just the same shot over and over again. You want to hit it low. You want to work it both ways. And he, he has all that. Like he has it maybe more than anybody else in the world, uh, especially with like long irons. And he's just such a creative, interesting, good player uh, with, with a wind and and with that with that iron play, so I wonder if I, I do want the thing I've been thinking about with him is I wonder if a really hard week kind of pulls that out of him. You know, he's been playing like Byron Nelson and these courses that are very easy. I, I wonder if a difficult hard track kind of draws that out of him and and he kind of flips the switch and plays well but he's another guy man like if you talk about losing your cool at a u.s open or getting frustrated that can spiral in in a hurry and if he gets a bad bounce out of a you know fairway and it ends up in like behind a tree or whatever like he it, it, it i think i think it's going to take so much patience and discipline this week that i wonder if if uh i, I don't know I, I don't know if he if he's like can can handle that i really don't and I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I, I kind of like that about John Rom. The fire, Doug. It does. It, he wouldn't be John Rom without that fire. You'll see him walking down the fairway with Adam Hayes and just like right. ripping into him. You know, like just get it all out. <laughs> That's their thing. Just get it all out. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out on the next shot. And I actually think that Rom is 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 very much. I don't want to say the opposite of Bryson, but Rom's Rom's the consistent guy, right? Rom is, uh, you know, always gaining strokes off the tee. He's always near the first page of the leaderboard. Uh, doesn't. Have have as many victories uh, this year, this calendar year, of course. But I mean, this is this is a major championship. This is where guys like John Rahm are supposed to shine. Well, Rick, uh, and I've said it a lot. You know, I really believe of all the top players, he has more ammunition and more weapons in his bag than all the other guys. And you're thinking, now, wait a minute. I'm I'm telling you. Remember last year at the Memorial when he won, and he he must have gotten up and down last two days on the weekend yeah. like 12 times from these really wild bunker areas and i'm like i mean this guy really has great imagination great skill uh at the same time i walked with him yesterday i think the last four holes and you know he had that really short backswing the shortest of all the top players and it's this really fast short boom boom type deal and he was out of kilter yesterday i mean he was hitting it all over the place and he has this when he's really swinging fast he has this rope hook I mean, it just gets away from me. You know, it just goes left, hard left. I think we can all relate to that, right? But yep. yes. I just, that's <laughs> bothersome to me when I see a great player. It didn't, didn't seem like he was in sync yesterday. And and the other thing, even though I, I think the world of him, and I think he's a highly intelligent young man uh, whose future is incredibly bright. You know, he did have a baby. Uh, celebrated the birth of his baby a week before the Masters. And I think that, I think that takes your focus off 
off the game right now. He's settling into fatherhood. I listen, I think that's significant. I really do. And I think mentally focused, maybe not where you should be for a major championship. That's just my opinion. Speaking of major championships, John Rahm has has played in KP. You want to take a guess at how many of these he's played in? How many majors? Yeah. I think I should retire from <laughs> trivia after my performance on, yeah, it was on pretty Tuesday. Rom um, has probably played in 16? 18 major championships. He's got six top tens. Of course, no wins, no runner-up finishes for a guy of this caliber, KP. When, when do we start to say, why doesn't he have any of these? Uh, Again, like... Well, I don't know if I talked about I talked about this with somebody this week. It might have been on the Friday podcast with with Andy Johnson. I think it's less about why doesn't he have one of these and more about why isn't he contended in one of these? Like, what's his contention at a major? Well, I don't know if he was I don't know if he was uh, if he backdoored it or if he was in it, but he was a T3 at the 19 U.S. Open. He's got a couple back of fourth door. place finishes. Yeah. Fourth place at the 2018 PGA and fourth at the 2018 Masters would have been like his best chances. And none like, do you remember him being in it in, in any of those? I mean, no, I mean, the thing he, I remember him being in the most was at the players when he dunked it in the water on 12. Was it 12 or 13? 12. That's right. What I so. So that's where it's like I, I, you almost have to give somebody like Xander more credit than him in terms of like, okay, Xander also hasn't won one, but it doesn't feel problematic because he's been in the final pairing. He's, um, he, he's, well, he's been in the final pairing a, a, at least twice, m- multiple times. And Rom just hasn't, like, my bigger problem with him is that he hasn't really been in it on a Sunday. If you don't win, whatever, like stuff happens. It's, it's luck can play into it, whatever. But I, I just, I don't know there. It, it does feel like, I think once you get to 20 and if he, if he still hasn't really contended, I, I think that starts to become kind of a question. All right. Well, it's this one in the U S open at Torrey Pines for Kyle. That's that'll get him. That'll get him to 20. And, and Doug, I, listen, I think uh, Kiowa would be a pretty good setup for, him. we know that Torrey Pines would be, uh, is, is a great setup for him, a place that he has, has won at before. So uh, for me, I, I don't, I'm not as worried about the lack of, of, of wins or, or contention. He is so good. He has all the shots. I think it's just a matter of time. Totally agree. And I think once he wins one, it'll be several more in a short period of time. I'm just not sure. Again, after, listen, I'm just giving you the eyeball test. And I walked with him a little bit yesterday. Just didn't seem like he was sharp. Uh, so we'll have to say, you know, these guys hit the switch. I mean, they, they don't look sharp one week. They win the next week. They don't look great. The <laughs> round. They play great the next day. So we'll see. I did think the key for John, though, as it is for most of these great players, you got to get off to a decent start. Doesn't have to be a great start, but level par one under would be a great start for John Rahm. And we'll see, you know, we'll see where it goes. You start three or four over par, and then it's very hard at a golf course like this against this field to play catch up. Uh, all right, KP, let's uh, let's rapid fire through some uh, some of your topics. You got some stuff for us here? Yeah, I wrote. I've been taking some notes, wrote some stuff down. So I'm just going to roll through these really quick. Uh, <clears throat> the PGA is underrated it's awesome it's really fun every year i feel like we get to saturday and we're like man this this major is so fun and we forget it and then we say it again and we forget it and say it again uh number two 
Uh, I think this is going to turn into like a long iron competition, which is phenomenal. I love that. We don't, we never see it, right? We see driver wedge, driver wedge, driver wedge, even, even at a place like Augusta. I mean, you, you see driver wedge, driver wedge. And for guys to be talking about hitting five irons, four irons, three irons, was the last time you saw somebody hit a three iron? I don't even think a, they, I didn't even think they carried three irons anymore. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm still not totally sure why it's why people are talking about it as if it's way more difficult than 2012. Um, so that's kind of a question that I'm I'm interested in kind of figuring out as the week goes on. Uh, let's see. Did you see uh, Eamon Lynch's tweet on uh, Rory talking about Ian Poulter? No. When he said uh, Rory walked walked off the range and said, "Hey, Poulter's over there hitting three woods, 189 yards." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it. Uh, and then last two things. One, I think we are maybe not giving enough credit to older like veterans. Like when you hear guys talk about who played well in 2012, they talk about guys that were older that didn't get flustered. Um, so like that to me sounds like a Lee Westwood and Adam Scott guys that are really good ball strikers that have experienced everything. I think those guys are interesting to watch out for. And I think a guy like Abraham answer who hits a ton of fairways. Um, I don't, at first I thought length was going to be an issue for somebody like him, but when Doug talks about, Hey, when it's down, it doesn't really play 7,800 yards. I wonder if somebody like him, uh, is who's been playing well is gonna is gonna thrive this week. And then the last thing, the best possible scenario, I think, going into the tournament is uh, Rory Spieth final pairing on Sunday it. afternoon. I know it. Yeah, that would be absolutely <laughs> magical. Uh, Doug, we are going to get you out of here with a couple of picks. And also, since Kyle brought it up, uh, sure. we'll start with this. Your, your your dream final pair for Sunday at the 2021 PGA Championship would be who? Um, well, I think you have to put Dustin Johnson in there, a South Carolina guy, uh, number one player in the world. I, I think that'd be kind of fun to have him in the final pairing. And then um, let's go um, – uh, well, I, I guess you have to go Rory McIlroy, the guy who won it here before, and he won three weeks ago, and everybody's saying, is, is Rory back to where he should be the number one player in the world? I think that'd be pretty exciting. Listen, all due respect to Jordan Spieth, and I know Kyle loves the guy, and I do too, <laughs> but I just think a Rory-DJ final pairing would be pretty cool. I'll, I, I love all of those. I'll take Brooks and Bryson. Let's give me that finally. Let's go. We've got some. We've got oh, some stuff to work wow. through. Brooks, that would and be sweet. <laughs> all right, Doug. Uh, it is time. We are going to get your sleeper, your top ten lock, and your pick to win. So let's start with the sleeper. We'll ease into this. All right, guys. My sleeper, um, a guy who has a win and a second in his last two stops, Sam Burns. Uh, I think he's yeah plus four thousand. Uh, talked to Sam briefly yesterday, and, and listen, these guys all capture lightning in a bottle for about a four to five week run, and Sam is trying to hold on to that lightning. I think it's still in the bottle, and I, I think at plus four thousand, he's a pretty good sleeper pick. Sam Burns has his finger in the end of the bottle, just trying to keep it in there. I love it. Uh, <laughs> your your top ten lock for the PGA Championship, please. <laughs> Um, I'm going with Will Zalatoris, guys, um, and why not the Z-Man? Uh, you know, I was looking at what he did here. Uh, uh, tie for second at the Masters, tie for sixth at the U.S. Open, 21st at the Players, uh, tie for seventh at the Farmers, 10th at the Arnold Palmer. I mean, 
guys, that's incredible. It's some really tough golf courses. Yeah. And listen, if you ever see him in person, uh, very, I mean, his iron play is off the charts. I, I like the yeah. Z man. We'll start calling him the Z man. The, the Z man. It's, it's always, I always find it interesting when, uh, peers rave about someone we hear it with Will's yeah. Torres. We heard it through when Sung J M was coming out, all the president's cup guys, when, when they start raving about their peers, you know, they're great ball strikers. All right, Doug, the moment everybody's been waiting for your pick to win the 2021 PGA championship. Well, I like the guy from Norway, um, Victor Hovland, guys. He, you know, he has six top five this season, <laughs> including a win at Mayakoba. And, you know, I walk with him a lot for the radio. And, you know, he has these fantastic finishes, whether it's a concession or Valspar. And he just keeps telling me, it's coming together. We're getting close. It's going to happen. We're going to win a big one. I think it's this week, Victor Hovland. <laughs> and listen, he's kind of off the radar, which is kind of weird, right? Yeah. The, the Paspalum King uh, trying to win for the third time on those greens. Doug, I got to tell you before I let you out of here, we were listening. I was, I was driving back uh, last Saturday or Sunday and my wife and I were listening to you on the radio. And I think, I don't remember the situation, but somebody backed off and you had to like, you know, vamp for like 10 or 15 or 20 seconds or whatever. And my wife was like, wow, like how did he like come up with all that stuff on the spot? I'm like, it's Doug Bell. He knows what he's doing. He's a professional. He's got this. He can vamp for us however long you need. So we enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I, you know, it's funny. I, I know a lot of useless information about golf, and I can fill some time. So I, I guess what I do, that's a positive, right? <laughs> awesome stuff. All right. Much appreciated, gentlemen. That is our final check-in for this week's PGA Championship. Obviously, this thing kicks off Thursday morning. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob, all the hard work behind the scenes. That's Doug Bell live from Keough Island. You can find him on Twitter at Doug Bell ESPN. Kyle Porter, KP, at Kyle. Porter CBS and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.